Well, hello and welcome back to the Middleman Podcast, where we've got a little bit of a celebrity on our hands. He's fresh from DAZN. He's fresh from Cardiff, where he worked on the Cordina fight with the main man, Eddie Hearn. He shepherded Tony Belly to his suite. We've we've got Max Taylor from Max Taylor Sportsgram in our presence. So, Max, um, it's great to be back with you all. Hi, Max. Hi, everyone. Um Back with the Middlemen podcast, talking boxing, talking football. We'll touch on Chelsea, our teams, Chelsea and Liverpool, uh, and Cordina, and uh, a few others too. Um, Max, let, let's go back to that Joe Cordina fight. He wins back his uh, IBF belt against Shavkat Rakimov. Um, there's a whole story around it. We'll go through the tail of the tape soon. Uh, what I really want to know, though, Max, is, is what were you doing there, and what was it like working for the zone? Yeah, uh, a fantastic experience. I think you might have picked me up a bit too much there, mate, but uh, I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. Um, yeah, just the running gig, keeping a crew and, and talent happy um, on Saturday. That was that was my job. But, you know, backstage access, um, the all the names. I feel like um, a lot of a lot of crew, they do it. Uh, their job is just just to broker. Um, seeing all the talent doesn't really overwhelm them like it does with me, but because obviously I love the sport and all those kind of people, figures are such a big deal to me. I, I you know, watch them on my phone day in, day out, and and so much content produced around years. So um, it was uh, just a fantastic experience and, and a barrier that um, I kind of broke through there uh, in the lead up for the fight as well. Um, working with BBTV at, at the press conference, uh, doing what I love, doing some reporting. Yeah, just an incredible uh, few days last week. And as you said, uh, to be the, the icing on the cake, uh, Cordina getting his getting his belt back. So yeah, a good, really great experience. I have um, really random, uh, useless knowledge uh, in the sense that I know Tony Bell used Nando's order now. Oh, uh, go on. Not many go people on. could probably say they do. Go on. Uh, so he likes, um, so obviously a cruiserweight, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a pleasure that, uh, four yeah. chicken thighs, uh, peri salted chips, broccoli, nice long stem. Bro- that's, you know, that's a nice touch. And, uh, he was going to get a butterfly chicken as well. They didn't have it on the menu. So I, you know, I thought I was going to feel the wrath of Tony Bellew, but he was like, nah, lad, just. Chuck on some four more thighs. So I was like, oh, I sound... Wait, wait, so you, uh, so... were, you, were, you were getting Tony Belly's Nana's order. You were the one sorting it out for him. Yes, mate. Yeah, you should have seen me on the way back from Starbucks with his coffee as well. Chuck seven coffees. He wasn't drinking them all. A lot, a lot of them were for the crew as well. Right. But I was juggling seven coffees. And, uh, Donnie on, on the bike was outside with the Nando. So I was sprinting back. Had to have a, <laughs> had to have a carry a Nando's bag and seven coffees. I don't know how I did it, but for Tony, I found a way. Um, but yeah, great night. He's a great crack. And um, yeah, just, just something I'll never forget. What's, what's your Nando's order? Um, I like to switch it up often. I'm not a fan of I was going to say I'm not a fan of consistency there, but I, I like change. That's a better way to put it. Okay. Uh, so I normally like a, a hot um, chicken grilled wrap, but I'll switch it up. If I want to get a bit messy, get, get my hands a bit dirty, I'll go with a sunset burger. And, and I like a fino pizza as well. I've had a fino with you, I remember, uh, up in Edgeware Nando's. Uh, a, a, another great great selection on their menu. A lot of people scrutinize me for having my stuff in bread and they just say you should just no, have no. chicken on the plate. But I like, I like, a, I no, like the carbs in it too. I'm with you. I, th- I think you've got to have a bit of bread with you now. That Edgeware Nando story was great. We were doing the GB Olympic qualifiers, the Team GB boxing qualifiers, and we all had our 
GB tracksuits on. We walk into this Nando's. I think pe- I think people just presume that we were Team GB athletes, just stuffing our faces. Um, yeah, I'm with you on the burger. With you on the burger. Um, and and with Tony on the on the broccoli. Um, broccoli and Nando's is, is a great shout. Um, so yeah, my Nando's orders is fairly similar. Um, but butterfly burger, medium with peri peri chips and garlic bread or broccoli so that that's the order um if you want to win yourself a, a nanda's date with me or max then just comment and we'll, we'll see if we to sort it out um but let's go to the boxing and we're that desperate yeah <laughs> we are that desperate um uh, let's let's do the tale of the tape for for cordina um in case you don't know he's got this really interesting story where he essentially broke his wrists uh, sorry broke his well he broke he, he damaged his hand didn't he um cracked his knuckle he cracked it really bad lost out on the belts because of it and, and now he's won them back so last summer he, he fought uh kenichi ogawa uh, and he won with this perfect punch on this, this really hot night a perfect knockout he won the belts um so then he agrees to fight rakimov meant to go ahead in november in abu dhabi uh, and it didn't because cordina hurt his hand uh, when he was back in the gym in august so um they stripped him of his belts the ibf um and then the belts went to rakimov who won the vacant title and, and and they were Joe's belts and that was that. Um, so this was Cordina's chance to put it right. Eddie Hearn, you've got to take your hat off to Eddie Hearn, made the deal with Rakimov, brought him to Cardiff, which was insane. 5,000 people. And in the end, Cordina got his belts back. The round, he, round, he dropped Rakimov in round two, dropped him in round seven. And uh, he was relentless, wasn't he? I thought he looked tired at the end, but if you're going to fight the way he did, then you're bound to. Um I'm really happy for Joe. I think it could even be a fight of the year contender. Um, I thought Rakimov stood his ground, but never really looked in control. Um, what, what, what do you think? His eye was bad, wasn't it? What, what do you think, Max? Um, yeah, I, I love the way that you you added the context to that uh, to the fight because, as you know, as you said, there's a, a lot of a, a big backstory there and a really you know big arc for Cordina. Um, having like I had obviously a great view to watch it. But it did make me realize why there are so many mixed opinions, especially with people who watch um, about inside the venue and then people who watch it on TV. I think with TV, you are so much better suited to see angles and see things that you might actually not catch when you're um, when you're just watching it inside the venue. Um, but yeah, I had to like watch it back again. To see just to see if it was the fight like I thought I had watched, which it was. Um, I think you're spot on there. Rakimov, just such a, a volume puncher. And I said he's a bit of a throwback fighter because just the way his combination punching is and, and his offense is so free flowing, you know, there is absolutely zero caution. Uh, which Joe obviously made him pay for, but he lets those hands go. It's not one, two, and a regroup. It's, you know, six, a body to head. And, it, you know, it's beautiful the, the way he boxes, but Joe's footwork and, and his defense as well, you know, he caught some big shots. He did take some big shots. Do you think it's nice to see his chin tested? Because, um, like in another fight uh, that we're going to talk about, which happened later that night, um, you know, there's always a bit of an unknown when you see a great fighter whose chin hasn't been checked. So, um, yeah, it was, it was great to see him come through that kind of adversity and Rakimov just didn't let up. But, you know, Cordina's footwork, the angles he produced and, and the cleaner shots that he was landing. Um, yeah, he, he found a way to, to get over a very, very durable and a very game Rakimov. Do you think Joe should, should have stopped it in round seven, though? And Rakimov, 
again, credit to him, did really well to stay in the fight. His eye was was bad. Uh, you could see through it, though. Um, but there was that triplet of shots from Joe, the flurry of right right hands to, to Rakimov's right eye. And, and it just, you could see every time he hit Rakimov, the swelling on the eye got worse. Think he should have stopped it? Think, you know, it shouldn't have gone to split, de- split decision in the end? Um, well, given the... I think the consensus is in the opinion that obviously is very deserved from um, Cordina, but there have been a, a few split, well, you know, split decisions, which I think is just ridiculous because one of those scorecards was 116-111 to Rakimov, which is just absolutely criminal. Um, but, you know, a lot of people still, and, and he, he went on and continued to win um, a couple of rounds after that. So, it is is it's a hard one to say. I think because he got through it, I think you can say like, yeah, th- that was a good decision. But it, it could have definitely ended worse. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was the right the right thing to let it continue. Uh, but yeah, Joe Joe was sticking it on him, and as you said, um, you know, you can you can hear those punches at the venue as well, and, and you can kind of see the effect that it that it has on the fighter. And as you said, Joe very tired in, in the twelfth round, but still rallied to uh, to give it a great finish. Those guys did not stop punching each other until no. the final bell, which is uh, as you said, fight of the year contender for sure. See, see, I agree with you. I thought Joe put up a really good fight. I, I think head headlines and, and and newspapers have been a little bit unkind. But I'll, I'll read you a, a headline I saw today when I was going back over the fight. Joe Cordina wins savage struggle with Rakimov, which I I didn't think it was. I think I mean you were there. Um, it, it's interesting what you said about watching on TV compared to in person. I think watching football in person, you see more than you do on TV. I agree with you. Watching boxing, you obviously you obviously see more because usually unless you are ringside, uh, you are pretty far away from the ring. Um, but yes, yeah, some some interest. It was a tough night for Joe. Probably his toughest fight of his life, but still, I thought the headlines were a little bit unkind. What did you think? Yeah, I think I think it's fair to say a struggle. Um, I think they just trying to look at it from the journalistic perspective. I think they wanted a alliteration on that headline, so <laughs> is, is probably why they opted for for those words. But yeah, as you said, definitely the hardest fight of his career, um, and yeah, he made him struggle at times. And Joe never looked. Uh, Joe was never cruising, but was, I think. It, the way of, you know, obviously apart from the rounds that he lost, he always in control and, and always seemed like he was winning. So there was still a kind of bit of assertion from him, I think. Um, it's not like we were heading into the 12th round and I was thinking, which way is this going to go? It wasn't that tight. Um, but Rakimov 100% made him work for it. During, could you watch the fight? Were you, were you able to watch it as, as the runner then? Yeah, so I was by uh, the stage where they walked out. It, it was amazing to obviously see his entrance. I was right next to it. So see him uh, walk out with David Yu and to Amaro Heed. Um, very meaningful to a Welsh person. Uh, I'm English, but obviously being from Wales and understanding the culture, that is huge. And everyone doing the Ayatollah as well um, as, as, he walked, as he walked down. But um, yeah, I was like just next the stage so I could kind of see it at a lovely clear view it was obstructed sometimes you know security guards were all taller than me but um yeah I, I had a decent view I wasn't ringside for it uh but I could I could see how the fight was playing out yeah it was a great fight and five five thousand people there as well and and it was again an, another showcase of British boxing that was really well put on and we'll we'll touch more on British boxing in a bit um we wanted to talk about 
Uh, Tank, Javonta Davis versus Ryan Garcia as well, uh, which which is also a fight that's happened recently. Um, I know it very much interests you and, and it, inter- it should interest you as well because it, it was a great bout um, that Ryan Garcia didn't come out of particularly well. Um, Davis just adds another win to his CV and uh, I thought Tank was, was dominant. Um, it, it was that seventh round stoppage, wasn't it, uh, where Garcia went down, but there was almost a delay in going down. Um, actually, I, I wanted to talk about delays with you. I think there was a big delay in the Cordina fight, wasn't there, with the split decision. But going back to Tank Garcia, um, to be honest, without even going into the fight too too heavily or too crazily, I thought Garcia just wasn't ready. I, I think he just jumped into that big fight too early and he sort of skipped a few paces to get there. And uh, Tank showed him who was boss. And it it was a a relatively dominant display bar a couple of rounds. Yeah, I think um, experience levels were just uh, the the overall difference of of that fight. And you got to respect Ryan for, I'm not going to say daring to be great because, you know, these are the fights that should be making. I don't want to put it on a pedestal and make it seem like, you know, they're doing something that no fighters are. Like, I want to encourage this. and, you know, have boxers do this more often. Uh, but such a risky fight for Ryan, probably more so than Tank. Um, obviously, there was things about the rehydration clause, and McGregor was in his uh, dressing room after saying it with no rehydration clause, even though obviously Ryan up to 140, but Tank is naturally lighter. And it's just, I think 136 was was a good catch weight for them. And, and to me, it didn't necessarily play a part. I, what I have to say about um, Garcia, the... The respect, I I had a great amount of respect for him before, but seeing how he conducted himself afterwards, every time he thought he was bordering on what would sound like an, an excuse to the media, he completely, like, stopped himself and said, I'm not making an excuse here. And then it's not like how it's not like how some boxers do and say, I'm not going to excuse my performance, but, and then list it off like uh, Jake Paul after the Tommy Fury fight. Yeah. He on he was so honest with himself and, and to the media and was like, I'm not making excuses, you know, that like he beat me fair and square. And, and he did, it was, you know, seeing, seeing Tank Box like that, obviously it's what he's capable of, but to see him, you know, really show it uh, against a really tough opponent um, and a huge opponent. Obviously, Dazonwood calling it the, um, you know, the the fight for the face of boxing. I, I don't think that's, I think that's a, <laughs> bigging it up a bit too much. But obviously, a, a really, really big fight for the pair of them. Legacy-defining fight. But, um, you know, Ryan being 24 and, you know, having that inexperience, I think will treat him well for his career. It'll be a lesson that he's learned. Um, and, yeah, I think it can only help him improve. I think quite similarly to Savannah Marshall, who who after a loss to Shields was was very reflective and and, and learned about the loss, and she, and she wanted to improve from, from her mistakes. Unlike, well, unlike someone like Jake Paul or Chris Eubank Jr. Um, but you're right. I thought Ryan Garcia ha- handled it very well. Um, I, I, like I said, I think he was inexperienced, like you said. I think perhaps more less mature um, and a little bit out of his depth as well. He, he deserves he deserves praise for for taking the fight and to be honest why wouldn't you take that fight especially if you think you've got a chance of winning I, I thought he just looked tired going into it um, and it, it was the right outcome obviously and uh, tank tank looks pretty much unstoppable um, quickly I said we go back to it what was the delay with the Cordina scoring there, there was a big delay wasn't there or it looked that way on TV yeah no. I- 
I'm, I'm, I'm not sure uh, what that is. I, I didn't actually like notice that weirdly enough. I just thought I like because I was in the venue. Like if that's normally how long it takes, and I just don't pay that yeah, man. on TV. But yeah, there was something about gathering the scorecards. Um, I don't know if that has any kind of correlation to the to the dodgy scorecard in favor of Rakimov, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you picked up that delay. I, I didn't even notice that. I think I was a bit too excited uh, for them for them to read it and announce Cordina as a winner. So I wasn't probably paying uh, as much attention to that. Well, yeah, well, that's the advantage advantage of watching on TV, um, especially in boxing. You, you get those little things. And uh, yeah, like, like I said, I think in football, actually, you learn, you can see more when, when you are pitch side or when you're there. You can see the, the little knocks and niggles compared to what you see on TV. Um, well, what... We will be seeing on TV very soon, 17th of June, is the rematch between Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith. Now, I think this fight is will be more built up than the first. I think already it feels like it's bigger than the first fight because there's more to fight for now. Um, we spoke about the way boxers react and athletes react after losses. Chris Eubank says he enjoyed the loss to Liam Smith because it was something new. Um, I think Chris Eubank is... is yeah, full of hot air quite a lot of the time. Um, but this is an interesting bout, isn't it? It's going to be explosive. It's going to be bitter. Um, Chris Eubank's the one who active, act, activated the rematch clause. He was the one that insisted there was a rematch clause. Um, he says he's determined to come back stronger. Um, and Smith says, well, if you blame the referee for the last fight, then you'll be slaughtered in this one. Um, he says people, people who fancy Chris are the ones who think I couldn't fight a 160. Um, I think it was pretty clear that last fight that Liam Smith won, uh, that he was the better boxer. And to be honest, I'd back him again, Max. Yeah, I I don't know how in somebody's right mind can you go with Eubank Jr. And, and if, you, if you guys are of that opinion, I, I want to hear why. Because after so, it was such a conclusive result. It's an early knockout victory. And obviously, you know, Eubank being prideful and there being a rematch clause in that, of course, he's going to activate that. But I just don't understand how else this fight is going to... I don't know how you watch the first one and then develop an understanding that it's going to go differently this time. I think it's an absolute detriment to his health that Chris Eubank Jr. is still fighting at 160 pounds. I thought he would know that for his own sake after that performance that he's way too drained to be boxing at this weight especially for his age he's fought 168 pounds so then to come back down to it obviously you know he was initially preparing for the Conor Ben fight um but at, at 33 or, or however old he is to do that to your body I just think he's going to be so drained for it and I, I think it can it's going to be as savage of a finish or if not more uh, of a savage one from Smith yeah I don't see it going any other way I, I really don't I think it's going to be Smith Smith, who puts in a, a pretty impactful performance. Do you think the reasons you well, Eubank said he wants to go for it again because he doesn't want just the loss on his record. He wants to make amends for it. Do you think there's more there? Do you, do you think it is that Eubank name that he's... I, I think Chris Eubank is still known and perhaps it's different with Conor Ben now, but I think it was different with Conor Ben or maybe it felt a little bit different with Ben um, and you've got uh, Hatton um, you've got a few that are sort of making their own strides now. Do you think Chris, is, it, he's still got that that on his shoulder, that chip on his shoulder, that it's not the Chris Eubank Jr. show? It's still, people still think of Chris Eubank and still think of his dad? Yeah, I think just the way that 
they've gone about themselves publicly. I think um, Eubank Jr. will always be synonymous with his father. Um, just like even when it comes to like goggle box appearances, do you know what I mean? But just because of that, people just directly and, and things like that, they just directly associate those two together. And and as you said, it's different with Conor Ben. Conor Ben, I don't, I'm not going to say neglected his family, but he went out in, uh, he trained here and obviously Nigel uh, lives out in Australia. So they had that separation uh, and it's something that uh, Eubank, the Eubanks have, have never had. Um, or never had to that degree. I know, obviously, Junior would go out and uh, train in America with uh, Roy Jones Junior. But yeah, his his father always um, always a part of his legacy. And and I think he, he probably told him, you know, go and get your get back. I you always got to appreciate uh, a boxer for, especially after you know being knocked out, saying I'm going to go again. That that takes a lot, mm. you know. Um, someone else wouldn't would get knocked down, and be like, oh well, I'm not going to go near him. So you have you have to give uh, Eubank Junior kudos for that at least. Yeah, you do, you do. Uh, one fight that won't go again is Marshall Shields, uh, which is a shame because it was a, a history-making fight. That'll be on the same night as Eubank, um, as Eubank Smith. Um, let, let's talk Savannah Marshall. She's she's got another world world title shot, an undisputed super middleweight um, world title shot against uh, Franchon Cruz uh, Desern, and that that'll be the co-main event. Um, Marshall hasn't lost since the the Shields defeat. Um, in October, um, but she'll be hungry to to get those. To, to, she'll be hungry to be back on that stage. Um, and as for for Cruz Desern, I mean, she holds all four titles, and um, she's only lost once. Guess to to who? What they what have they got in common? Lost to Shields in in 2016. So um, Clarissa Shields, yeah. Clarissa Shields, who is undoubtedly the goat. Um, but yeah, Savannah Marshall co co uh, headlining that event. That'd be great to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's actually a snippet that I saw of uh, the super middleweight champion. I, I, I can't, I don't want to uh, butcher her name out of respect, but um, yeah, she was saying like she gave she gave Savannah a bit of a reality check on the mic, and it, uh, mm. it was quite cool, you know, to see. Obviously, for us British fans, we know Savannah a lot better than uh, we do this the super middle super middleweight champ. Um, so she kind of, you know. Put us, put her mark on that conference and and put on that fight and said, hey, this isn't like this isn't no uh, Savannah. These are my belts, and, and if you think that it's just going to be easy, cool runnings for you, then then you're in for for a bad night. And uh, I think I think that was that was nice and honest of her, and uh, it really really built up some hype for that as well. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That that will be a great night of boxing, seventeenth of June. I think I think that is. Um, so. Uh... Be a great night of boxing and one we can all look forward to. Um, let's round off the podcast with a bit of football talk. Um, your team seemingly clawing their way back out of the mud. Mine, as a Chelsea fan, just slipping deeper and deeper and deeper into into trouble and, and into that muddy puddle that we can't seem to get out of. Um, uh, and Ted Bolly's solution is let's bring in Maurizio Pochettino. And I, I, I mean... I think most people who know me know that I really, really dislike Maurizio Pochettino, not as a person because I've never met him. Um, but I think he's the most overrated manager in world football. If, if you look back through his records, he got sacked at Espanyol, went to Southampton, did did well, fair play, went to Spurs. F- five years, five years at Spurs. What did he win? Won nothing, won nothing. Gets into a Champions League final, gets his formation all wrong, they get butchered in the, the first two minutes, and, and that was that. Um, 
against your lot, then goes to PSG, and, and you and I could could win the league title at PSG. They've got Neymar and Messi and, and Mbappe. It's I, you know we we could me and me you and the journal lads could, could win the league at PSG. Um, Pochettino, and, and that's all he did. He didn't win a Champions League there. Pochettino is the most overrated manager in world football. He's not what Chelsea need. Um, Chelsea need a new manager. It can't be Frank Lampard next season because Frank Lampard is making even more of a mess at Chelsea. Um, to be fair, to, to be fair to Frank, to Super Frank, he's got a squad that I don't think anyone could handle. Um, but but Chelsea are, are, are a right mess. Um, no number nine, Bamiang doesn't really count. Um, Havertz is poor. Enzo looks shoddy. Mudrick, Mudrick, what a talent! What a waste! He just he just can't seem to get it right. Um, Said it all season. I think Sterling's great and James is pretty good too. James has been outstanding. But uh, anyway, it's going on a bit of a rant here. Sorry. I just, it, it, I'm just really, really uh, not happy as a Chelsea fan, Max. Sounds like you needed to get that off your chest, Noah. It's probably been built up for about five losses ago. Uh, but understandable why you feel that way, of course. Uh, don't think anyone wants to be a, a Chelsea fan at the moment. Such talent in that team. As you were saying that those big names there, I think um, from what I've seen, you know, Fernandez. That talent is is apparent. It's just a case of making it work with the others, and I I think bringing in all the players that you have has just made that task so much more harder to do, and you know makes it harder for a manager, um, and a, a, a type of manager to be able to do that. I think you, only a rare one can make such a big uh, squad full of egos gel together. Yeah, look, look, the problem is Chelsea's been run like an NFL team, uh, which doesn't work in English football. You can't have massive amounts of personnel and expect it to gel, like you just said. Um, yeah, we need we need a manager, we need to clear out, and um, things need to change at Chelsea. And very quickly, Liverpool, your team, doing pretty well. Um, they're not going for the title this year, though. City and Arsenal guiding for it quickly. City or Arsenal, who do you think? Uh, City now. I think, you know, Arsenal getting the, the results out had before uh, the City game I just it's just the, the squad depth I said that at the start of the season as well. I, I was starting to believe Arsenal were going to do it because they, they weren't showing too many cracks but then uh, it's just been a bit of a bad run of form isn't it and um, that, that squad depth you know start you're not going to win a league title Rob Holding you know, at the end of the day and that's that's where it comes in you start Saliba if you don't have Saliba you've got Rob Holding it's a massive, it's a massive, massive uh, gap in ability. And it's something they'll rectify next season. I'd love to see them go again. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see them win it over City, but it's just not looking like that. You're not going to win a Premier League title with Rob Holding. Wise words from Max Taylor, as always. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Minimum Podcast this week. We'll end it on on that. Poor Rob Holding. He's got a brilliant goal against City, actually. Um, but it was poor. He gave away he did, the yeah, to be fair. But anyway... Um, Great to speak to you guys. Thanks very much for listening and uh, we will catch up soon. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, as always, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks. Uh, get some guests on, chat boxing, chat football, chat sport, as we love to do uh, with some new fresh faces as well. So stay tuned for that. Much love and we'll be back again. 